Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. All right, so we're gonna read two stories this morning. And I want you to see if as you are listening to these stories, what, are the, what do these two stories have in common? How are they alike? All right, and these stories come to us from the book of Acts, which we've read from recently. And it's a story that tells us kind of like the beginning of the history of the church. So after Jesus died and came back to life and he went back up to heaven, then this is what happens after that. So the book of Acts is all about how the disciples helped to create the first churches. So that's kind of important to keep in your mind when you read it. So this, both of these stories come from the book of Acts, but they're two different things that are happening. So this first one comes from Acts chapter three, and it says, Peter and John were going up to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is the established prayer time. Meanwhile, a man crippled since birth was being carried in. Every day, people would place him at the temple gate, known as the beautiful gate, so he could ask for money from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he began to ask them for a gift. Peter and John stared at him, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gazed at them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I don't have money, but I will give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. And then he grasped the man's right hand and raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles became strong and jumping up, he began to walk around and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the same one who used to sit at the temple's beautiful gate asking for money and they were filled with amazement and surprise at what had happened to him. Okay, so that's our first story. The second comes from Acts chapter 16. So let's see what we hear from this story that sounds a lot like the first one. And this one's written a little bit differently. So it's written in first person, which is kind of interesting. So one of the disciples is telling us the story from their perspective. From there, we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city for several days, and on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile god worshiper from the city of Thyatria, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. And once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my So what similarities do you see between these two stories? Anything? Yes. Okay, someone was healed and someone was baptized. Mm hmm. Yeah, they started praising God after. 
Lydia was baptized. She rejoiced. After the man was healed, he rejoiced. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they experienced a new kind of freedom after they had those, those experiences. Yes. Say that again. Yes, with people that help them. You're getting warmer. Yes. There we go. We both of these stories were happened through people who followed God, right? So we hear from they're all disciples of God who went and helped other people. One man experienced healing. Another woman heard the story of Jesus in a different kind of way and wanted to be baptized. So we've been talking about finding God, right, and experiencing God, encountering God, and how have we, what are the ways that we've talked about finding God? Can you remember? What are some of the ways we've already talked about? There are three ways we've already talked about. Last week we talked about, yep, so creation is one. So we find God in all the things that God made, in miracles, and we just did it. In the scripture, right. So today we're talking about finding God in other people and in each other, right? And there, we're gonna talk through kind of three ways that we experience God through other people. And both of our stories this morning feature that. First, Peter and John um, help this crippled man to experience God through this healing. And then also Paul talks to Lydia and then she chooses to be baptized. So the first way that we encounter God and other people is simply because everyone bears the image of God, right? We've all heard maybe before that we are made in God's image, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I hope you've heard that if you hadn't heard that before. God creates human beings. He says, I'm going to make them in my image. And that means that every single human being that you ever encounter ever in your life all of history, for all of eternity, bears the image of God. That means that some piece of them is part God because God made us in God's image. And even before we come to recognize that we were created by God, even before we come to even know that God is there, that doesn't change the fact that we bear God's image. And so for me as a pastor and other people who are disciples, some of our job is to go around and to look at people and say, did you know that your presence of peace that you bring into a room, the way that you help people feel calm, that's God in you. Did you know that your ability to help people feel better or more positive after a, a terrible day, that that's God in you? Did you know that you tell it to me straight and I need to hear that, that that could be God in you telling you me that I needed to change my ways, right? There's different parts of us that are of God. And we realize it, they're still there. And so when we see other people, they have the ability simply by being who they are to teach us something about God because each person is created in God's image. When I was in middle school, there was a girl that I had known a little bit in elementary school, but we got 
officer in middle school, and she and I worked together in our science teacher's classroom. We had an opportunity to be to like teacher's assistants, and so we were working together in the teacher's classroom, and we were kind of like organizing the closets and doing other tasks for the teachers. But I'd known her for a while, and she sat behind me in homeroom, and for sixth and seventh grade, she would sit behind me in homeroom, and every morning before the bell would ring as we were waiting for things to start, she would be sitting there reading her Bible. And it wasn't like one of those things where she you know, was reading it and then would ask me a bunch of questions like, do you know about Jesus? Or it never made me feel uncomfortable, but she literally every morning would just read her Bible. And I would see her, and she would just kind of pause for a second before she started eating her food. You know how most people sit down, they immediately just start going to town on their lunch. Well, she would sit and she'd kind of pause quietly and then she'd eat her food. So I started to notice that there was something different about my friend Tessa, that was her name. And it wasn't ever really in your face. It wasn't like she talked about God all the time, but just in her everyday life, she lived her life differently. And I was someone who had gone to church here and there, knew kind of God was real, but wasn't a person, I wouldn't have described myself as a Christian at that point in my life. But I started to realize as I got to know Tessa more and more that while on the outside she was kind, she was positive, she was upbeat, she was a good friend, that that didn't mean that her life was perfect. You know how sometimes you see those people walking around and you assume that their life is perfect because they're nice and happy a lot of the time? Well, I started to, when I got to know her, I learned that she was just like me. She had drama at home, she didn't get along with her little sister, like she had normal life things happening, and yet there was something about her that was always calm and at peace and that had this presence about her. And I started to realize through our friendship that what the difference was between her and I was her relationship with God. And so simply by being in her orbit, by being around her, I learned something about God, that God brings us peace even in times that can be difficult. So that's how we can find God in other people, is simply by seeing the way that they bear God's image. Another way that we find God in other people is because they can speak into our lives, right? That's the importance of friendships and uh, people that we can trust. We build good trusting relationships with people, and then they can sometimes tell us the hard thing that we don't really want to hear, but we need and the, the speaking into our lives isn't always the hard thing. Sometimes it's the encouraging thing. It's the positive thing. It's the thing that we really need to hear from someone else. It's the healing word. And just like in that story with John and Peter, when they see the man who's sitting beside the gate, he's expecting them to give him money because that's kind of the only interaction he really had with people every day, is that he'd sit at the gate, people would give him money, and that was how he lived. And so as John and Peter are entering into the temple, He expects that's the interaction that he's about to have. But instead, one of them kind of gets close to him and says, look at me. And you know when you see folks on the side of the road, even now, who are asking for money, we don't really make eye contact with them, right? We might just kind of like give our dollars or our sandwich or our granola bar and kind of like keep on our merry way. But John and Peter take the second to say, look at me. And then say, I have something that I can give you. It's not money. But instead, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And then he was healed. And so I wonder if there are people in your life who have ever, maybe not say, said stand up and walk, but have spoken something into your being that felt like that, 
that felt like hope, that felt like peace, that felt like a reality check when you needed one, that felt like accountability when you know that you've been going down a wrong path and you needed somebody to help you to turn around and go a different way. That's how we can find God in people as well. I know in my life, that was my pastor when I was in college. We had a chaplain, which is what I am, for my college. And I was talking to him one day because I was really struggling with my relationship with my bio dad. And I was telling him, like, I cannot forgive this person in my life. They've hurt me too bad. They don't deserve any forgiveness. I don't want to offer them any sense of peace because they made my life terrible for a long time. And I was talking to him about all these emotions I had and how, and whenever I sat in church and they'd talk about forgiveness, I'd felt really guilty about it because I felt like it was something I had to do and I wasn't ready to do it. So we were having this whole conversation and he finally looked at me and said, Madeline, did you know that forgiveness is not for them? I was like, what? He said, Madeline, forgiveness is for you. It's for you to let go of all of that so that you can live and walk in freedom and not have to carry that burden around with you anymore. And it was like somebody had just lifted my eyes to something completely different that I had never thought of before. And it allowed me to forgive because I realized that it wasn't for the benefit of another person, it was for my own benefit so that I would not be burdened with grudges and anger and fear those kinds of things anymore. And so I needed my chaplain to speak that word into my life so that I could experience God's freedom. And I fully believe that God speaks through people all the time. And they might not be aware. It's not like a person whispering in their head that says, hey, I need you to tell Caitlin that I love her, right? Like that's not what's happening. But someone could say, hey, I just need that you're loved. And I know that maybe lately you've been feeling a little down on yourself and you feel loved. And that could be God speaking to you through this person, right? So when we allow other people into our lives and we have those good relationships, we can find God in those moments when people speak to us. And the last way I'll talk about the way that we find God in other people is because we grow in faith together. All of these things that we're talking about are kind of pointing out how relationships are important. We need to be in relationship with other people. We're not really intended to be um, isolated in our life. And when we have friends, especially friends who have similar beliefs to us, then we grow together. We're not meant to be by ourselves. So Lydia, who is a woman who we already hear is a worshiper of God. She already believes that God is real. She, in fact, is maybe someone who is having people over to her house so that they can have studies together and talk about God. She is a person of faith. And yet, when they're at a prayer meeting, Paul comes along and he talks to them about something. We don't know what, but whatever he shared stirred in her the desire to be baptized because she had not been baptized yet. And so then not only her, but everyone in her household is baptized after that encounter with Paul. And the same can be true for us. That's why this, what we're doing right now, is important. That's why youth group is important. That's why when you read your Bibles a couple weeks ago and you came and told me about what you read, it was important because I was 
I was affected by what you shared with me. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I don't still learn from each and every one of you. In fact, I would say that I need all of you just as much as you need me to help me grow in my faith. There are multiple times where I've had conversations with you or you all have answered questions in youth group and I've been like, wow, I never thought about that that way. Like we talked about when we were reading scripture that we can all read the same passage but each one of us can pinpoint something of, that's unique to us in the passage that speaks to us. So we all need to be in relationship with each other because we'll grow in our faith together. One of my favorite moments that you all helped me with was I was up here doing communion one Sunday, and this was a little while ago, but a lot of times when you go to like big churches or churches that aren't here, communion can be kind of like a quiet, somber kind of thing. Like everybody's really quiet. They like walk up to the front and they like, and they're kneeling and they take their communion and they pray and it's really like quiet and, you know, and, and that's fine because we want to treat it respectfully. But one time when I was up here, and I broke the bread. All of the kids out in the congregation started clapping and cheering. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever experienced. And it was awesome because it, for me, it was a learning moment to be like, this is something to be celebrated. This is something to rejoice in. Just like the people in the stories you all pointed out, both of them rejoiced after they had their encounters with God. And so you all teach me things about what it means to follow God, what, what it is that, who God is, right? You, I encounter God through you. So we can find God in people because, just because they're people and they bear the image of God. We can find in God in people because they speak into our lives, and we can find God in people because we grow in our faith together. But also, there comes a point too where we can flip the script. So instead of us finding God in other people, we can also think about how other people find God in us, right? That we are representative of God, that just by being who we are, God, people can see God in us. That when we say encouraging things or we are a good friend to our neighbors and our cottage mates, that God, people can see God in us. And that when we share our answer at youth group, we don't have to be ashamed of it. We don't have to be shy about it. We don't have to worry about getting the wrong answer because other people might learn something new about God through us. And so that, friends, is called discipleship. Say that word with me discipleship. Did you know that you are a disciple? What? Say, I am a disciple. I am a disciple. Yeah, disciples aren't just people we read about in the Bible. Anyone who chooses to follow Jesus is a disciple, and part of being a disciple is reflecting God like a mirror out into the world through our actions and through our words and how we treat one another, and sometimes when we listen instead of speaking first. That's so important. So we reflect God to other people as well. And so our challenge over the next week, because we've had one a little bit every week, is to first look around and see how you see God in the people around you. How do you see it simply in who they are and how they act? How do you see God in the ways that they speak to you? Maybe they speak a word of healing that you need to hear. Maybe they speak words of encouragement to you. 
Maybe they speak some truth to you that's hard to hear, but you know you need to hear it. And how are there people in your life that are helping you grow in your faith? And then to turn around and be that for everyone around us. It's a big challenge. And next couple weeks, we're gonna start a new sermon series about discipleship and what it means to be a disciple and what kinds of things we do as disciples to help us. So it's not just a challenge for this week, but it's gonna be one for the next few weeks. But I really wanna hear about some of those people that you can identify who are people that you've seen God in, that you've encountered God in when we meet again next week. Let's pray. Holy God, I give you thanks for each person in this room, for the ways that you have shaped them beautifully and wonderfully into your image. And God, I pray that this week we would have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts open to receiving the messages that you send and speak to us through everyone around us. And God, I also pray that each of us would be filled up with your holy presence so that we are overflowing and that we can't help but reflect your love and your light and your mercy and your forgiveness out into the world with every person that we meet. We ask all of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. Yeah. Oh,